today is, a, is, of course, not only just a special day because of baptism, I am so excited to preach today, a message today that I have uh, been praying through and really preparing for this Sunday specifically because I knew we'd have 150 plus people coming out of freedom, and the question that always gets asked is, what next? What do, what do I do next? And, and how do I keep what, what I just experienced to, to keep going on, and for those who have been through freedom maybe in the past years, and, and they've walked through this, and they would tell you, hey, listen, you, you, there's some things you're going to have to do to keep that passion going, and so today, I'm titling today's message, it's called The Soul Cycle. Come on, look at somebody say, The Soul Cycle. Come on, you got you to say it with some soul. You got to say it with some soul. Hey, uh, OSC family, can we welcome all those joining us on Facebook Live right now? So glad that you're here. Welcome, 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 welcome. Have you ever wondered why it is that there are things that are in your life that no matter how much you kind of bring them to God, you keep having to go through them over and over again? Have you ever had that? You ever wondered why there's just certain things that are just kind of like, it feels like they're kind of your thorn in your side. Like, yeah, like I just want to stop being angry. And, and, but you just keep coming. I know growing up, I went to church, and they would always have that person that every weekend when we would say, hey, you can come to the altar and get prayed for. It was the same person every weekend coming up to the altar, and you would ask them, how can I pray? It's the same thing you prayed for them last week. Come on, how many of you have seen or been through things like that where it's just this, this thing where I, I want to get I want to get moving, I want to get going, but I feel like I keep kind of going through the same cycle over and over and over again. And often the reason that is, I'm going to tell you why, is because we follow what we think, what we want, and what we feel. And if you are led by what you think, what you want, and what you feel, how many know it will lead you to some dark places? And so today I want to give encouragement to those coming out of freedom. I want to give an encouragement to those maybe who are still wrestling with things in their life. You can't get over it. And hopefully today will be um, an encouragement and a revelation to you on maybe why that might be the case. Now, we've got to start back. I've, I've got to do a, a quick little teaching to kind of get us ready for what's going to be a practical part at the end. And so here's what you need to understand. If you don't know this yet, you are three parts, body soul, and spirit. You are three parts. I want, I want to show you in scripture how this is. You're not just one thing. You are body. You have a body. You have a soul, which is made up of your, your mind, will, and your emotions. And then you have a spirit, a spirit man. Watch. This is what Genesis says. It, it says it this way. And the Lord God formed man of the dust. There's the body of the ground. And he breathed his nostril, the breath. The breath symbolizes the spirit of God. That, that God, after he, he made man, he breathed his breath and his, his spirit came alive. And the man became a what? A living soul. So, so we see it just in this verse, the three parts of a man. The body, the soul, and the spirit. Okay, so that we've got that. Now what you need to understand though is that after God did that, he made Adam and Eve, body, soul, and spirit. All of those were alive. And, and they're, everything's going great. And of course, God tells them, hey, listen, there's, there's one tree. Don't eat of that tree. If you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Okay, we know they eat. Question, did they die? <laughs> oh, is that a trick question? All right. So, yes, no, I don't know, I'm not quite sure. Yes, what part? Spirit. Okay, yeah. So body didn't die. 
Soul didn't die. Spirit died. Ever since that moment when sin entered in, every person that has been born from Adam and Eve since then, which is every person on the planet, has been born into a world where your spirit was dead, but your body and soul were alive. And so you and I have been operating and relating to God prior to being born again based out of just two parts of us, body and soul. And then we wonder why we struggle in our walk with God is because we are, our spirit is dead. Before we're born again and give our lives to the Lord, we're dead. Watch, I'm going to show you how scripture says. Ephesians chapter 2 says it this way. Once you were, everybody help me, dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. He's not talking about dead physically. He's not talking about dead in our soul. He's talking about dead in our spirit. Once before, before we put our faith in Christ, our spirit man was dead. Watch the next verse. It says this, John 10, 10. We know this one, but I want to show you from the perspective of what God was actually trying to say when Jesus says, I have come that they may have what? Life. life. Well, life, we're all alive. What is he speaking of? We're all alive. Spirit, right. I've come that their spirit would be alive and that they would have life abundantly. Other versions say more abundantly. So uh, if, if you've been here for any duration of time, Pastor Bubba would say this all the time, and I think oftentimes when we hear something all the time, we can skip over how powerful of a statement it is, but I want to say it again. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make people who were spiritually dead alive. Alive. So listen, I don't need a better version of you. We don't need like an upgrade version of us. We, I don't need some behavior model. I come to church because I just want to get better. No, no, no. I come to church because I need my spirit man alive. Yes. I need my spirit to be alive in Christ. And so, so we have our spirit and we have our body, our physical body, and then we have our soul. So let me show you what the soul's made up of. Okay, if you're taking some notes, you can follow along with us. Here's what your soul's made up of. Three parts. So you have three parts. Your soul has three parts. Your mind, what we think, your will, what you want, and your emotions, what you feel, okay? These are the three parts of our soul. What we think, what we want, what we feel. Here, I'm going to help you. I, I pray that this message is so revelation to you. The reason why so many Christians struggle is because we are living our lives based off of what we want, what we think, and what we feel. Okay, ready? I don't care what you want, what you think, or what you feel, because God wants what he wants, what he thinks, what he feels. Are y'all with me? So we base so much of our decision-making off of, well, it felt good. Well, that was still stupid. Well, I wanted it. That was still stupid. Well, I, th I thought... Well, you were wrong. Like, if, if it's based off of soul, it's what we want, what we, what we think, what we feel. And so, so I want to help you today. I'm going I'm to give you three points. We're just going three. We're going to go simple today. You're going to remember all of these points. Very simple. We're going to talk about the soul and this cycle, this soul cycle that we're in. So here's the first point. One, the soul is selfish. Can I get an amen from all the selfish people in the house? Okay. <laughs> this, this so, just, hey, it's the reason you got in a fight on the way to church today. 
Y'all showed up like, hey, you didn't know you were cussing your kids out. Y'all stop it. Why? You're selfish. So are they. Some of y'all aren't laughing. <laughs> he saw us. <laughs> okay, so, so when you came into this world, ready? You came into this world, your spirit was dead. When you came into this world, though, so for years, your body and your soul were the only things that were relating to God. So that's when you hear, when you hear people say, I just don't feel like I'm close to God. Well, since when did we relate to God based off of how we feel? I just, I don't think God would want, well, since when does your opinion matter? The, the reason we're struggling, we're coming through this place is because for years we've related to God based off of our body and based off of our soul. So I, I want to, I want to dive a little bit more. So I want to piggyback off of a little bit of what Pastor JJ preached on last weekend, talking about the mind and all that. And I, and I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the mind. Because the mind is, is one part of your soul. It's what we think. Do you recognize that your mind is one of the most brilliant designs God's ever created? Do you realize like your mind archives everything? Some women are way better than men, but it archives everything. I mean like every experience you've had Every conversation you've had, every, every place you've been, your mind has archived it into places in your brain. You go, and some of you, as you get older, you're like, man, I just feel like I'm forgetting things. Well, that's some with age, but there are some things that are still in there. They're just in your subconscious. Like, I'll prove it to you. You, you ever been like in Walmart or in a place and you walk and you see somebody pass by and you're like, what's her name? Her name. I know her, I've seen her somewhere. Like I know, y'all ever been there? Like I know, where have I, and, and then at night you're sleeping in bed and you're like, Stephanie, Stephanie. Y'all ever been that? And you're like asking your spouse, like do you know? And you're like, and you're like yes, yes. Why? It was in the subconscious, it was there, you had it there, just took a little while to trail up to where it needed to go so you get there. You ever, you ever had those moments where, like you walked into a room or you walked onto to a place and you're like, I've been here before. Like, I've, like, oh my goodness, like I feel like, so this is what's happening. When you walk up to a place and maybe you've never been here before, but this is what your mind starts doing. Your mind starts recalling from birth all the way up to your age now, every place that you've been to that looks similar, that's painted the way that it is, that's set up the way that it's set up, that, that, that has maybe some of the people that are there. Like your mind starts going through all this. That's where we get the word deja, deja vu. Like, I, I, feel like I've, I feel like I've had this conversation before. I feel like I've been in this place before. Let me show you another example. You ever been walking out of a place and, and, and your, your wife's like, hey, 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 stop, stop. Hey, let me introduce you to, I don't even want to give a name because if that name's in here, I don't want you to not like this analogy, but let's, let's, just, let's just give a name, Boom Shika. Um, <laughs> uh, there's, there's no Boom Shika in here, I know that. So let's say your wife introduces you to Boomshika, and, and, and you're like, hey, hi, hi, nice to meet you, all stuff. and you walk out, and then you say to your spouse, I don't like Boomshika. And, you're like, and your wife's like, you just met her. 
Here's what happens though. Every, all the other boom shikas you know, which I don't know how many you know. Let's just say it's a common name. It's the first one. All right. All those that you've ever met in your life, if there was any of those you didn't like, you have now applied it to this one. If, if, if she looks anything like someone you don't like, you've applied it to this one. If she does anything, if she, she's, she's a nurse, if there's a nurse you don't like, you've applied it to Boom Sheikah. She, she has, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, there was, a, there was a, a, um, a person in our life named Tiffany that was just a, a bad person. And, and every Tiffany I meet, and I don't know if there's any Tiffany's in here, but I applied my past Tiffany to this one. You know, this is, this is what we do because our minds begin to associate things and they bring up all this stuff. Okay, so watch how this plays out. So when you go through a tough stressful moment in life, your mind begins to say, this is how we handle it. Now, if you have been following how you feel, how you want, and how you think for 20, 30 plus years, and, it, and the mind goes, this is how we handle this situation. How many know whatever it's about to tell you is probably going to be wrong? This is why addiction is so hard to break stress moment, and you go, I need a drink, I need a drink, I need a drink. Stress, hard moment, I need, I need, I need to smoke something. I need to go party. I need to, I need to, and you fill in whatever it is. I need to veg out. I need to, I need to overeat. I need to, like, your mind is telling you you're facing this situation. This is how we've dealt with it all along. Let's just keep doing it this way. But here's the problem. It doesn't realize that now you're a follower of Christ and you now have a spirit man that's rose up. But your soul is selfish. Like, did any of you have to do a training class on how to teach your kids how to be selfish? Okay, this is how we're going to say, my, my, my. This is what you do. Like, you didn't have to. Why? They came out of the room going, it's all mine. Right? With a deep voice like that, too. It's just like, <laughs> we birthed a demon. Um, so, this is what the Bible calls a stronghold. Have you ever heard that terminology, a stronghold? This is a definition of a stronghold. A stronghold is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended. Like my father abandoned me, my, this guy abandoned me, this thing abandoned me, so every man's gonna abandon me. And so any man that gets close, you immediately go, ah! This church hurt me, and this pastor didn't do me well, and so anytime you get like, ah! This is what we do because we're, we're basing everything based off of soulish experiences, and our mind conjures these things back up again, and the soul is extremely selfish. But it has to go to number two, which is that your soul must submit to the Spirit. So listen, I, I, I didn't um, surrender my life to Jesus and become really born again until I was probably in my late teenage years. I went to church my whole life. I went to private school my whole life. But just because I was in church in private school, how many know just because you're around it doesn't mean it means anything to you? And so it probably wasn't until my teenage years that I really said, okay, God, I surrender my life to you and prayed to be born again. And the Spirit of God rose up inside of me. Now, watch this. At conception, 
your body and your soul begin at conception. They, become, they come alive. Which, hey, by the way, our nation is like wrestling through the fact of at what point is a baby a baby? At conception. Let me just let you know at that point. It has a soul and it has a body at conception. No, don't, don't let anything ever tell you differently. It's not when it comes out the womb. It's not at a certain amount of weeks. As soon it's in the mind of God and in our body, that is at it. Now, now here's the problem. We, we, we come out. We got a body and a soul, and then for however long. So for me, it was into my later teenage years before I really surrendered my life. So think about this. For 17, 18 years, what reigned in my life? My soul. My soul ruled. So when I gave my heart to the Lord at 17 or 18, the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes on the inside of me. My spirit man's now alive. So guess, does my soul just go, okay, now you're in charge. I'll just stay over here. Some of us think that's what it happens, though. I mean, no, now that my spirit man's alive, my spirit man's like, I'm now in charge. My soul's like, okay, let's fight. Let's fight. Like that, like, just like ghetto. Like, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. And, and so what ends up happening is, is now we get this wrestle. That's, that's why Paul says in Romans 7, what I want to do, I don't do, and what I don't want to do, I keep doing. And then we wonder as Christians, like, this, what is this? What's going on? You got an inner battle that's happening on the inside of you. You got the devil speaking lies. You got pollution of the world. But then you got this wrestle between spirit and flesh and spirit and soul that are happening. And so this is what it says in Romans chapter 9, verse 12. This is an Old Testament uh, story, but it's got spiritual truth in New Testament. It says, she was told the older will serve the younger. This is a spiritual principle that the older will serve the younger. This is that our spirit is the one that is in charge over our soul. And you're, you're fighting this all the time. Any married people in here? <laughs> Two people, right? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> we'll do premarital counseling after all of this is done. Um, so my spirit man says, Josh, you need to lay down your life for your wife. You need to give of yourself. You need to sacrifice. My soul says you need to give her a piece of your mind and you need to let her know who is the boss in this house. Which, by the way, it's her. Um, the wrestle, right? It's the wrestle. It's the wrestle. So my, my spirit man's got to submit to this. Now, here's what you got to understand. Based off of what you watch, what you read, what you listen to, what you allow into your life, the friends you accompany yourself with, are feeding one of those. It's feeding either your soul, your thoughts, your wants, your feelings, or it's feeding your spirit, God's wants, God's soul, God's spirit. This is the wrestle that we have that's going on in our lives. And that's why David talk to his soul regularly. Psalms is full of David like talking to himself. He seems like schizophrenic for a little bit in there. Like, David, who are you talking to? Nobody else is in this picture. He's talking to himself. And he would say things to his soul like, do not be discouraged. One of the, the, the famous Psalms, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's talking to his will, his feelings, his emotions. He's going, I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna bless the Lord. I don't feel, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to bless the Lord. There's another part in the Psalms where he speaks to his soul. Watch this. <clears throat> Psalms 
131 verse 2. It says, but I have calmed and what? Quieted, Quieted my what? Soul. My soul. Hey, you know what this tells me? My soul gets real loud. Does yours? Real loud. What I want, what I think, what I feel. Watch this. Watch the analogy now that he uses, the illustration. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Have you ever weaned a child? What is that experience like? I know Lindsay and I, we, we, when, when our boys were younger, you know, one of the things we said, they will never sleep in our bed unless they're like throwing up. Then like, well, come on. <laughs> I've never imagined that. Come pee in my bed all you want. Um, but we always said, okay, we're going to, you know, they're going to be in the crib. So literally from, from very early on, we, we put them in a crib and all that stuff. But I remember the process of us trying to wean them off to them putting themselves to sleep. You know, like, you, you know, you kind of rock them for a little bit, and then you, you lay them down. You're like, oh, hush, little baby, you know. And you're just patting them and patting them. Any of y'all ever patted yourself to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember, we would, like, we would, like, feel like they were asleep, and then we would army crawl. Because <laughs> we didn't want them to see us, because they would do this. They're looking <laughs> But how many know, as soon as you shut the door. Yeah, some of y'all are still parents. All right. <laughs> no! No! Mama! 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 Oh, God. Your turn. Shh. Shh. How many know it gets more intense? Y'all know it does. I'm going to kill somebody. Somebody's dying. So, I mean, you're gone. And walk out. Okay, you think you're good. Ah! Ah! Like, oh, God. And so in our house, we started the process. Like, we would be like, just let them cry it out. But I mean, you know, you got monitors all over the house. It's like Chinese water torture <laughs> happening. I can't. Stop. It's like a prison camp. So after like five hours, you finally go to bed. And you're like, oh, okay. And so the weaning process, the baby thinks you're killing it. Right? You left me. You abandoned me. Ah! How do you think your soul feels when you wean it? Ah! Ah! No, God, no. You've abandoned me. You've left me. I'm going to die. What the soul doesn't know, you're actually trying to kill it. <laughs> and that's not a joke. You're trying to kill it. You're trying to kill it. And, and the same is with a baby. When you go from the milk and you want to start introducing new foods to them, and you're like, no more milk. Ah, I have a steak. <laughs> and this is Christian's. Watch what scripture says in 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by thee, but as people who live still by the and are mere. There we go. In Christ, I gave you milk because you could not even handle solid food. I had so much more for you because you're a 
Okay, here's a bottle. But there's so much more. There's so much more. And so this process of what God is doing in us is he wants to give us so much more. But we're holding on to the thing that we think is the best when it's the least. Listen, if, you're, if your child at five is still on a bottle, there's a problem. And if as a Christian, if we're still basing our relationship off of God based off of, I just don't feel you. God, I just got, I don't know where you at. There's a problem. God wants us to grow up. But, but in order to grow up, in order to continue to have freedom in your life, in week 13, 14, 15th, in year two, three, four, and five, you have to do number three, which is that your soul must die. Your soul must die. What do you mean? Not your body, not your spirit, your soul. Hey, ready? Your selfish thoughts, your selfish wants, your selfish feelings, all of those must die because you got to die to self. Now, we understand Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We probably have all heard this. It's a scripture on the Bible. Most of us have not read to 13. I want to read 12, and I'm going to read 13. And I want to show you. Here's the answer. Ready? This is the solution on how you get out of the soul cycle and die to the soul and live in Christ. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God. Everybody say the word of God is living and it's active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division. Here we go. It pierces and it divides the what? Soul and? Okay, so here we go. So the word of God cuts through and says, here's the soul, your wants, your desires, your thoughts, your feelings. And here's over here, here's the spirit, what God wants, what God desires, what God feels. And watch, it divides the joint and marrow. And here we go, here's the soul. And it discerns, this is what the word of God does. It discerns your thoughts, which is your, your intentions, which is your, all from the heart, which is your what? So the word of God goes to work killing your soul. And it, it cuts through, through us. And it begins to separate. This is what you want. This is what God wants. This is what you think. This is what God thinks. This is what you desire. This is what God desires. And so watch the next verse. Verse 13. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. That word expose is trachelizo. Trachelizo. Watch the Greek word, the definition of trachelizo. Exposed is this, to bend back the neck of a victim to be slain, to expose the gullet of a victim for killing. Judah, come up here real quick. Let me give you a visual illustration of this. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Ready? God wants to kill you. Welcome to our Savior's Church. Glad you're here. <laughs> Let me add on to it. God wants to kill what's killing you. God wants to kill what's killing you. 
He wants to kill your selfish desires and your selfish thoughts and your selfish emotions. He wants to kill all of that. And so watch what 2 Corinthians verse 5 says this. He died, speaking of Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive the, the, the new what? Life. New life. Yet again, not body, not soul. What? Life. Spirit. New spirit. Those who have now received his new spirit, watch this, they will no longer live for who? Soul. Soul. Watch. Instead now, they're going to live for Christ who died and who raised them from the grave. So the world says, live for self. God says, die to self. World says, do whatever you want. YOLO, you only get one life. Let's just go. And God says, nope, you need to die. You need to die. You need to die. If you want me to live in you, you've got to die. I can't live where you live. I've got to be in a place that is surrendered to you. Now, here's the coolest part of this whole thing. If you live for self, you end up dying. Watch. And if you die to self, you end up living. It's the craziest thing. That's why people who don't have a relationship with God cannot understand when you come back from a freedom conference and be like, man, this is amazing. What did y'all do? Confess sin. What else? Like God prayed for a lot of times. That sounds miserable. No, because I realize when there's less of me, there's more of him. Less of me, more of him. Listen, I want to see a victory. But let me tell you how you see a victory. Luke 9, 23 says this. Then he said to the crowd, if anyone wants to be my follower, you've got to give up your own way. And you've got to take up your cross daily and follow me. Yes, Jesus already took up the cross for your sin and your shame and your guilt. And you go, well, Pastor Josh already went through freedom. I've already accepted Jesus as my Lord. Why do I need to be on a cross? Listen, because there's some stuff that still has to die. The soul still has to die. Here's why. For salvation, we die once. But for victory, we die daily. So we go, I want to see a victory. The next line should be, I'm going to die daily. Because you don't see no victory if you don't die daily. You don't. You still struggle. You're still in that sin pattern. You're still in the cycle of what's going on. And so Paul said it this way, 1 Corinthians 15, 31. Hey, easiest verse you can memorize right here. Ready? I die Hey, memory verse for OSC this week. Ready? Three words. I Okay, do not put your wife's name in the front of that, okay? Do not put your kid's name in the front of that. Put your name in the front of that. Josh dies daily. So it means I wake up in the morning and I go, God, today I die to my will and my desires and my emotions, because they're all going to lead me in places that are not full of you. And God, I submit my life to you. I've been on this journey over the last two years of, of wanting to be more um, intentional with my Bible reading. 
So the last two years, I've, been, uh, I've invited some of our OSC guys to come with me on a journey of reading through the Bible in the whole year. And so I did it last year, and we're almost done with this year, and, and I'm excited. Read, read through the whole Bible, but there was one specific day where I, I, I was reading through it, and, and if you follow like a version plan like I do, you know, there's like dots over every single one. And I don't know if you're like me, I like to make sure the dots are, are, are selected. I like at the end of the day to go, dot, 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 okay, good, ah. And I remember it was just kind of one of those days, it was just kind of a quick day, and I just kind of read some things real quick, but it was just kind of like, you know what I mean? Like you're just like scrolling, like, oh, yeah, that's, man, it's good, good promises, good, okay, dot, 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 done, yeah. Didn't break my record today, all right. And then I walked out the door, and it was almost like the Spirit of God asked me this, what did you just read? And I felt like it was like a God set up, like I set up my kids when they leave OSC Kids or OSC Youth, I always ask my kids, like, what did you learn? And they'd be like, Jesus. And it's like, I walked out of that day and God was like, what did you read? And I was like, about you, Lord. And here was the question that the Holy Spirit asked me. Did you read about me or did you let me read you? Because I'm not the one that needs to die, you are. And the only way that's gonna happen is if you position yourself that as you're reading God's word, you're letting God's word read you. It's almost like rock walking through a TSA agent through the little metal detector. This is literally what the Word of God does. We walk through it and the Word of God goes, nope, yes. Nope, repent of that, yes. Nope, go make that right, yes. If you wanna see victory in your life in weeks and months and years to come, you've gotta die daily by getting and submitting your heart to the Word of God. Can I tell you, when we get the busiest, you know what the number one thing that goes out the window? The Word of God. Listen, I, I counsel and meet with businessmen and guys all the time, and I'll ask them, hey, how you, how's, how's it going with the Bible? Man, I haven't been in it in weeks. Don't be surprised why you keep struggling then. And I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm saying that as a challenging way. If you want victory, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us the people of God. So today, God's doing some surgery. He's doing some surgery. I want you to bow your heads in this place. I want to ask you the same thing that God asked me, and that is, are you allowing God to read you? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you in this moment? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak. I know you are. God, if, we've, if we have lived our lives devoted to what we want and what we think and what we feel, we repent today. God, we surrender our lives to you. We submit our soul to you. If you're here in this place, and you're already born again, you've already made that declaration, but you've noticed that it's just been a battle as of late, and it's been a battle that you have, you've not really taken fight on. And today, you're just going, I know where the battle is. I'm ready to take my fight again. If that's you, I want you to raise your hands all across this room and just say, hey, can you just pray for me? Father, I pray right now, Lord, for every hand that's raised that's in this place. 
God, we understand that the weapons that we fight with are not against relationships, but it is spiritual. God, I pray right now that you would strengthen the spirit man of every person in this room. God, I thank you, Lord, that daily as they present their heart and their emotions and their feelings and their mind to you, that your word would do work on them. Your word would grow them. We thank you, God, that it is by your grace and by your spirit that you make us into the image of Christ. God, we don't have to now come out of this and go try to do more. We just submit more. So God, we submit our heart. We submit our soul to you for you to come and do a work. God, I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them and strengthen them. You can put your hands down, but I do want to talk to those that are in here that you've been relating to God based off of body and soul, but your spirit man is not alive, and you know it. Your spirit man does not become alive by going to church. Your spirit man doesn't become alive by getting baptized or getting christened. Your spirit man comes alive by what John 3 says, that a man must be born again. He's not speaking of a body born again. He's not speaking of a soul born again. He's speaking of our spirit coming alive on the inside. If you today have never had that moment where you've surrendered yourself for the spirit of God to come live on the inside of you and say, today, today, I'm ready to be born again. It's as simple as ABC. We admit that we're sinners apart from Christ. We can't work this. We can't do enough good stuff. We believe that Christ died on the cross for us, that he took our shame, our guilt, and our past, and we confess him as Lord and Savior of our life. If you're here in this place, this is your moment. This is your moment. Don't walk out of here with just body and soul. Walk out of here with your spirit man alive. On the count of three, shoot your hand and say, Pastor Josh, would you pray for me? One, two, three. Going up all across this place, if that's you. Come on, hold them high. Hold them high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Thank you. Thank you over here. Thank you. Anybody else? 17. Praise God. We're going to pray this. You can put your hands down right there where you are. I want you just to pray this right alongside with me. Pray this after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell so that I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Now come on, say this with me. Say, today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God, you're my Father. Jesus, you're my Savior. Holy Spirit, you're my Helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate today. Come on.